Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Hey, good morning, C3 Calgary. So excited to bring you the word of God. Honored to be here via video. Thank you, Pastor Lauren and Pastor Kelly, for asking me to preach today. Um, I just want to honor you guys. Your leadership means a lot to us. I mean, we just don't get an extension of your leadership through our lead pastors, Pastor Sam and Jess, but we get to actually, we get direct investment from you. So we are so grateful for all the Zoom calls that we had this past year, because it's been hard to lead this past year. And so just let's just honor Pastor Lauren and Kelly, everyone in the church right now, because they not only lead C3 Calgary, but they lead C3 Canada. And we've definitely, been, we've definitely benefited from that. Church, today I'm going to preach to you from Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 to 10. Um, it talks about the heart. And you know, the heart, it has a lot of purpose in here. You know, it, it, it pumps blood into, the, into vital organs, sends nutrients, oxygen to the brain. It's so key. There is a purpose for our heart. However, the, the heart doesn't give us purpose when it comes to the calling of God and the life we are called to live out. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for this is where everything you do flows from it. And so in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 to 10, there's a caution here. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his deeds. So here we see this caution about the inclinations and the direction of the heart. And so Jeremiah is speaking about the people of Judah who were led astray by the evil desires of their heart because it wasn't in check. It wasn't in check to God's word and what God wanted. So our hearts often deceive us. Say deceive. Especially when our hearts are filled with pride, when our hearts are filled with envy and jealousy, when our heart is hurting, when it's disappointed, when it's discouraged. If it's not in the right place, it has potential and influence to deceive us. I remember when I transitioned from my position, uh, right before actually COVID and lockdowns came into play, I moved into a new role as the manager of talent acquisition at a dental corporation. Um, And I was there for a year, and then I transitioned to work full-time at my my church, C3 Toronto. And so, you know, when my boss, I spoke to my boss, and and, uh, I was giving her my notice, and I, you know, I was just, I was just saying how, and she knew I was so passionate about ministry. She knew that I was very involved at church. And so she's like, you know what, Jerry, you got to follow your heart. And then I was like, yeah, you know, it's a good desire in my heart. And, and you know, I wanted, I want, I've always knew God was calling me to this um, and to transition one day uh, full time. And then she said it again, saying, I'm just so proud of you that you're following your heart. And as I was thinking, I was like, wait a minute, but I can't follow my heart all the time because following your heart, it's like a creed. It's what a lot of people go by in the world we live in. It's like, yeah, I follow my heart. You know, you've got to follow your heart. But, but we can't follow our heart if it contradicts to what God's word says. If we're following Jesus, 
Can we always follow our heart? Because listen, a heart is deceitful sometimes. There are sometimes desires that are not from God that comes up in our heart. So if we're not careful, especially when the heart is hurting or the heart is in a fragile condition, we can be misdirected. We can be confused with the way forward. We can be running to any solution that we think that might sustain us because the heart highlights that, but it's only deception because we know only God can sustain us. I wanna speak to you today about what to do when the heart plays games. It tries to trick us, it even tries to, it could cause doubt in God. See, the heart offers incentives and motives to act or respond in a certain way. It puts things into a certain light, into a compelling light, earthly treasures, any objects, and it tries to elevate, and, and what it does, it highlights these things, and, which has the potential to elevate before God. It elevates itself before God. And so it tells us that this is what's going to get us by. This is what's going to sustain us, especially during all these lockdowns and isolations. And isolation. But it's deceit. The only thing that will get us by is following God and following his word. God is our sustainer. God, Jesus is sustainable. You know, so the Backstreet Boys had this song. I'm pretty sure it was the Backstreet Boys. Hopefully you remember them. Uh, it's, it, they said the song, quit playing games with my heart. And I was like, you know, it, it's a catchy song. And I was like, oh, can I, this could be the title. But I was like, wait a minute. No, it's actually because the, the heart is the thing that has the power to play the game. And so I rephrase it. And then hopefully this sticks to you. Quit playing games with me heart, with my heart, with my heart. I should have known from the start. Because the heart <laughs> wants to play games. It wants to trick us. And so we're going to answer that question. What do you do when the heart plays games? You could put that as your title or you could put purpose the heart. Because that's what we're going to do. My first point is purpose your heart, not follow your heart. Daniel chapter 1. This is Daniel, and it talks about the three dudes, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. These guys purpose their heart, even though they're in captivity, even though their circumstances told them not to, even though their circumstances said, hey, you should be looking at yourself, but they were looking to God. It says in verse 7, Daniel chapter 1, to them, the chief of the eunuchs gave names, he gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Mash, Mesh, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. These are serious names. And so they, they stripped away their Hebrew name and gave them these new names. But these guys knew who they were in God. They knew their identity was in Christ. And so this was their, kind of their response in verse 8. It says, but, say but, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine that he drank. And it says, therefore, he requested to the chief of the eunuchs not that he might not defile himself. So, so the word defile here, the ancient Hebrew word defile carries the thought of polluting or staining. So he resolved, he made a decision beforehand. He purposed his heart not to stain or pollute himself with the king's delicacies, the king's food, the food that was said to be dedicated to idols, that wasn't kosher, so it didn't follow the Jewish laws when it came to food preparation. But more than that, because if that was today, you know, maybe it'd be easy to eat, 
But this signified something even greater because when they were taken into captivity, Daniel and these men and a few others were selected as the young, the intellectual guys, where they wanted to indoctrinate them with Babylonian culture and Babylonian religion and strip them away of their faith, stripped it away of what they thought about God so they would forget God, forget what he's done, and forget his faithfulness. That was the goal. So the food was to soften them up, just like what we do to our kids sometimes. You know, with my, I have a little two-year-old Janie, and so sometimes we, 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 we give her incentives to listen to us, which is not the best parenting tactic. My, my wife always corrects me. Um, but, but every time when I want her to come with me or, or go sit in the car seat because we're going somewhere, she hates the car seat. She hates being stuck. I'm like, we'll get some ice cream. And so I get her that way to soften her up, to get her to listen to me. And it works every time. But then you've got you know, you to stay true to your word and get the ice cream. But that's what's happening. That was the goal. The goal was them to forget about God. And so Daniel made up his mind beforehand. That's like the second sub point. Make up your mind beforehand. That's what purposing our heart means. Because you know and I know, if you put some food in front of me, if you put a donut in front of me, I'm going to eat it. So I don't know if Daniel knew if they put the, the, the beautiful steak that was going to come, you know, the rotisserie chicken with that honey barbecue glaze, you know, the dessert, whatever it was, he would eat it. But he made up his mind beforehand because he knew what the goal was for that. He knew what that compromise could lead to because that small compromise would have led to larger compromises. But you see, God sustained him through the whole story. We need to make up our mind beforehand, not after, because then we run into the risk of temptation and compromising our faith in God and potentially leading to sin. So we direct the heart before it directs us. We direct the heart before it directs heart, us. So today, right now, you can purpose your heart. You can purpose your heart right now. You can purpose your heart that when you feel offended or when someone hurts you, you don't compromise by speaking negative things about them. You don't compromise by gossiping about them because that's when we have just started sinning. Because see, the heart is deceptive. It highlights actions even. It highlights behaviors that we think this is what's going to do to help us. Did you, maybe it's just me. But anytime I remember growing up and being hurt, if I was doing what my heart said, it always told me to speak to my friend or speak to someone who, who would justify my feelings. But what it did was it actually gave them a false negative perception about that other person. And, and, then I, and, and it's like, why does that help me? That's not going to help me. I'll just, and, and, I've, and listen, when we do it, it's like we do it more than once. And we realize it's not the thing that will sustain us. We actually have to go and process that, that with God when we're hurting like that. And plus, the Bible says, love holds no record of wrongs. We got to purpose our heart, church. We got to purpose our heart that, you know, the next day, tomorrow, the day after, you know you're going to be home alone. And you're like, man, I'm going to make up my mind right now where I'm not going to engage or look at any porn. I'm not going to look at any lustful images because my heart is hurting or my heart feels rejected. I'm going to go to God. I'm going to process that with him. I'm going to let him infer me. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord through his word. We got to purpose our heart. We got to purpose our heart and not give up on God. We got to purpose our heart and not give up our faith in Jesus and start doubting him when the news from the doctor and the diagnosis given was bad news and not the expected news. We got to purpose our heart. 
We got to make up our mind now. The compromise is what the heart will highlight in those negative times, in those circumstances, in those situations. You know, last year, 2019, we, well, 2020 was last year, but 2019, we had some goals. You know, as a, as, as a church, we, we put goals on for, for, for the new year. You know, and some of those goals weren't reached by 2020. Some of them were hindered because of lockdowns and COVID. And you know, I got to this point because I transitioned to that new job I, I mentioned earlier. And it took over my, it kind of took over my life. Instead of nine to five, I was doing like 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. because all the dental clinics closed and it was just a crazy time. We had to hire people back when we opened and it was nonstop hiring. And this job took over my life. In, the, in addition, we didn't have any Sunday in-person services where that was, that was the highlight of my week. I loved being in-person. I loved seeing people. I loved pastoring people. And I found it very difficult. And it got to the point where my heart was discouraged. And because it wasn't checked, it got to the place of being sick. And it got to the place of being disappointed. And all of a sudden, it started fueling thoughts and fueling images of how, what, how I should respond and how we should act. And I got to the point where I wanted to quit. I wanted to give up. I wanted to give up on church. I wanted to quit my, past, my campus pastor role at this church. I, I didn't see it because I was so discouraged. It, I just found it too difficult. And maybe you've been there. Maybe you've wanted to give, give up. Maybe you've wanted to quit whatever you've been going through. Maybe it was you wanted to quit church. You wanted to stop going. I've been there. But I realized something that because I, because I was feeling these things, that, and then I, as I realized that I didn't have any peace in feeling those things, but my heart was tolerating it. And so, you know, what I did was I checked it with God's word. And there's a, a scripture in John chapter 14, verse 27. It's one of my, it's one of my verses where Jesus says, uh, peace I give you, peace I leave with you. And this peace is not from this world. And he says, do not be troubled hearted. He says, sorry, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And I was like, yeah, so I don't have this peace. So that means what I'm feeling right now and what my heart is telling me to do is not from God. There was no peace with the thought. Proverbs 28, 26 says, he who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but whoever walks wisely will be delivered. It was time to, to walk wisely, to walk wisely, get into my word. And then I came across Daniel, that scripture that helped me take my first step and said, hey, I'm making up my mind right now. I'm purposing my heart before it gets any worse, before I start acting on what my heart is feeling, before I, before I let my heart give me false purpose, I'm going to make up my mind now and not tolerate these thoughts and not tolerate the things that the heart is highlighting for me to do that would sustain me. The heart cannot be directing our purpose. What it reveals won't sustain us. Only God can. We got to direct the heart before it directs us. As we purpose our heart and we obey God and we obey his word, he shall sustain us. Psalm 55, 22 says, cast your burden onto the Lord and he shall, she shall, he shall sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Interesting saying, it says, cast your burden. Like, so when your heart's hurting, you know, you, you got to process some things. I'm not saying ignore the feelings, ignore the emotions, but you got to process with God. And you know, it would be nice for it just to be removed. But it says that he will sustain us. 
if we go to him. So that word sustain, it means he's given a, a measure of strength and grace proportionate to the trial or the weight of the burden that we are holding on to. You know, and I realized when I look back last year, man, I couldn't imagine not being right here preaching in front of you. I couldn't imagine not being in this role because this, this was God's call over my life. This was, this, and how could I forget that? Because the heart is so deceiving and I'm still here because God has sustained me through it. If you're watching this, God has sustained you through some things. He is faithful. He is faithful to his word. And so that's why we need his word. And my second point is stay true to God's word, not true to your heart. Stay true to God's word, not true to your heart. My, our little two-year-old daughter, Janie, and we love so much, we have a process when we put her to sleep. There's a routine in place, okay? So we have some playtime in the room. Um, you know, we have to do that because if we take her at your exact bedtime, she'll want to do that playtime. So we have this strict routine and, and we read her two books, Peppa the Pig and this Barney book. And then we sing her three songs. You are my sunshine. You, and then a remix version, you are my Janie girl. And then the last one, Skimmer, Skimmer and Ink. I hope I'm saying that right. Katie always tries to correct, correct me with the lyrics. Um, and we sing these songs. And we also feed her an, like eight ounces of milk. It's a lot of milk. But when she's overtired, you know, just like when she's hungry or she doesn't get her way, you know, she, she's not obedient. She wants to do what she wants to do. And so when we put her to sleep and she's overtired, and you can see her doing this with her eyes, she'll say, Daddy, Daddy, more milk, more milk, Daddy. I'm like, Janie, you just had eight ounces of milk. You're good. It's sleepy time. She wants milk, but she needs sleepy time. We act like my daughter sometimes. When our heart's hurting, what we want is not what we need. Sometimes we want something because maybe the heart is highlighting that, but it's not what we need. What we need is Jesus. What we need is his word. He is sustainable for us to get us through whatever we're going through, to get us through the lockdowns, to get us through the job losses, to get us through the break, breakups, whatever hurt, whatever, whatever was going on in here, we need Jesus. Stay true to his word, not true to our heart. And here's what trusting Jesus looks like. This is what his word says in John chapter 8, verse 30, 31. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. If you abide in my word, you've got to stay in it. You can't leave it. You can't leave it when the first sign of trouble comes. You can't leave it when your, friend tell, when, your, when your friend tells you about their experiences, and all of a sudden you trust your friend and their experiences. You've got to go to what God is saying. You've got to stay in his word and not leave it. You've got to measure everything to the truth of the word of God. Staying true to God is staying in his word. Staying true to God is staying, or say, say, stay in it. Say, stay in God's word. In that time, that's when I, when I went over to Daniel, and that's where I got this, this realization to, I gotta make up my mind right now. I need to purpose my heart right now to not go that way, to not let the heart, the heart lead me. And then what's interesting in Daniel, there's the therefore. It says, therefore, in the rest of verse eight, therefore, he requested of the chief eunuchs, of the chief of the eunuchs, eunuchs to not, that he might not defile himself, okay? So, so, I mean, 
first of all, it's cool that he purposed his heart and he wasn't obnoxious. He wasn't rude. He, in the NIV version, says he asked for permission. So there was a therefore. You know, everyone loves the but statements. You know, the but God. And I love those too. But there's also the therefore statement. The therefore statement. You remember in papers, when you're writing papers, you've got to use transition words? Like, what's the transition? What's going to happen now that you just stated this? So there's henceforth, furthermore, thus. I love a good thus, you know? And the conclusion, I always use therefore. Therefore was the conclusion. So the transition words and the therefore statement connects, connects two goals together. It ties it together. And it offers a resolution. So what's the resolution? It, and so the resolution is an action. It's the follow through. And Daniel had an action. So what's our therefore? You know, if my therefore during that time of distress and, and confusion, after seeking God's word, our therefore, by the way, always goes to God first. Our therefore needs to go to God. He gives us the direction after. And after I went to Pastor Sam, my pastor, to seek some advice, to seek some clarity. And it was awesome. He gave me an outside perspective because, man, I had, I was probably struggling with some cynicism and, so, and, and some thoughts. And, and he helped me just understand, hey, everyone's going through some things, man. Everyone is going through some things. That's why it's important that we do talk to each other about our struggles and pray for each other. Um, and so when he told me that, I was like, wow, yeah, you're right. I'm not just the only person going through some things. And then he just gave me the best advice that every leader should always give is what is God saying? What is his word saying? What verse are you standing on? We got to trust God's word in the confusion of lockdown or whatever is going on in disrupting times. The disrupting times in our life, in your life, will not stop. It will happen sometimes. But we got to trust God, even though we might not know the outcome and we'll never regret it. So we purpose our heart to not let the offense take over us. Therefore, we speak to that individual who might have offended us. We go to them, like Daniel, humbly, not guns blazing and telling them, you did this to me. No, we say, hey, this is what I felt. Can you help me understand? Can we go through this right now? The Bible says when someone sinned against you, meet with them, tell them. And if they, if they accept, then you gain a brother. That's what it says. You gained a brother. And if they don't, then you bring another person into the mix. But our heart never wants us to, to, to go through these things. Our heart never wants us to talk about the wrong that we felt or the wrong that we've even committed to something else. It just wants us to hold it in and not talk about it and ignore it. But the Bible says that we need to approach it. We need to go through it. We need to discuss it. We need to purpose our heart that when, when, when we are feeling hurt, when we're struggling with any sort of sin, whether sexual sin, whatever sin we're struggling with right now, you know, we, we are therefore, it needs to be, I speak to, uh, you speak to God, you, you, you um, declare his word over you, and then the Bible says, what does it say? It says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so you, that you might be healed. That's the therefore. We've got to purpose our heart to get to church on Sundays. Church is vital. Even when, even when we purpose our heart to get to church, even though we might be going through some doubts of organized religion, even though we might be experiencing some past church hurt, we get to church on Sunday to encounter God's presence. Because I'll tell you, there is nothing like encountering God's presence 
in the church. The church is beautiful, connected to a body of believers and a community where we're all worshiping God. Even if we did that, I believe God will give us some perspective. I believe God's presence will heal us with what we're going to and give us new vision. We purpose our heart not to overindulge in food or substances where we find sustainment out of that because we know God can only sustain us. Only God could. And then so our therefore could be maybe we do some meal prep. Maybe we do some practical things and do some meal prep. Maybe we do some practical things and just buy healthy groceries. We purpose a heart not to retaliate against our spouse and let the emotions lead us when we get into argument. Because the Bible says, be slow to anger, slow to speak, quick to listen. And we should be honoring our spouse. We should be submitted to our spouse. So our therefore is responding in love. The therefore is not easy. It's not always easy. The walking out God's word can be hard sometimes. And Psalm 31, 24 says, be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart, all who hope in the Lord. Even Daniel, when Daniel purposed his heart, it was hard. He was distant from his homeland. Okay, he was not near his home. Why was he thinking about the Jewish traditions about how food should be prepared? He was rejecting the king's food. If you reject the king's food, you will you end up rejecting the king. That's the truth. You come to my house, my mom's house, and you want you eat her 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 food, and you take a plate of rice, but you don't put any chicken curry or any mutton curry. That's the main. That's the main thing. And you don't put any of that. You reject her food, and thus you reject her. Just kidding. But seriously. He could have been thinking about himself, but he was thinking about God. In that moment of captivity, in our moments of lockdown, in our moments of disrupting times, in our moments of when we, our relationships are broken, in our moments of our job loss, whatever we're struggling with and going through, he, his eyes were focused on God. He was seeking self-denial in that time. And let me tell you, if we continue to focus on God, and pursue him, he shall sustain us. You know what's cool about Daniel? You can see how God sustained Daniel. They did a 10-day Daniel fast, eating fruits and vegetables, and he, said, he, he proposed this to the chief eunuch, that if our appearance is not better, then we'll eat the king's food. But their appearance was better, because they were sustained by God. Not only that, later on, you'll find out when the king interviews all the people, he found Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, He found those four 10 times better. That's what it says, 10 times better than all the magicians in the realm. You know, Jesus made up his mind beforehand. He he resolved, he purposed his heart to die on the cross for us, to die on the cross for you. It says in Luke 22, 41, his prayer was, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Not my will, but yours. Nevertheless, transition word, not my will, but yours. And then appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. Not my will, but yours. We need to purpose our heart every time so our heart won't lead us astray from God's purpose. We need to pray, not my will, God, but yours. Not my will, but yours. What are you praying for today? Maybe you're praying for God to remove something. Maybe you're wondering, God, can you just remove this hurt I'm feeling? Can you just remove this doubt I'm feeling? 
Maybe he wants to strengthen you. Maybe he wants to sustain you and not remove it. Maybe he wants you to rely on him and not run to all the other solutions that you think will help you get by. And I want to pray for you today. If you feel like your heart is playing games with you, I'm going to pray for you right now. So just put your hands out and let's pray. Father, I thank you for every single person listening to this message with their hands open, God. If their hearts are hurting, I pray you come and heal their hearts. I pray you come sustain them, whatever they're going through, God. Whatever they're experiencing, God, you will strengthen them just like you did to Jesus. Because sometimes maybe you don't want to remove something, but you want to sustain them through it. So Father, whatever they're experiencing in their heart, pray that you will convict them through your Holy Spirit, that if they're listening to the desires of their heart that is not aligned to you, you reveal it to them, God. And Father, you give them perspective and you show them the way through the word because the word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And I pray, God, that they'll be able to follow you wholeheartedly. God, heal them right now. Sustain them. You are a sustainer. You are sustainable compared to anything else in this world that the world has to offer. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.